the prankings, the pratings of, quote, powerful men and the women who tolerate them. A long time ago, 15 years, I watched a Charlie Rose show with a panel of, quote, powerful men. I quote because the word is silly. They were rich, so they had power. Or like Charlie, were on TV to talk about what they ran or owned. Anyway, at some point later, later in the show, they all agreed that power was the great aphrodisiac. Lots of self-congratulatory chortles. Then it seemed to me a woman, I think I might have dreamt her, was there. I think she was. She laughed more openly and said in an Australian accent, I'm sure, unless it is my Germaine Greer wish talking, to have her present at every one of these wank fests, Charlie Corral said, Oh, I don't know. I quite like my pool boy. There was a silence as she kept on laughing quietly. In the same epoch, a woman described a friend to me thusly, he was the man when he walked into the room every woman wanted and every man wanted to be or fight with the variant, which is deep. I popped out that is some rooms with some men and some women. I hadn't thought it through, but her statement struck me so silly until I learned it reflects a deep instinct, instinct in my society, they tell me. For me, there are just other rooms. An old friend of my brother, a very interesting man, this friend of some real power, not Michael Eisner type power, a high school teacher, a Cossack from Ukraine, described a phenomenon when the Nazis crushed Kiev on their way to Stalingrad. He was a child of about eight. He said the women of Kiev, not all but many, became very keen on the German conquerors, sexually insatiable, the German butchers, let's be honest, incomprehensible except that the conquering soldier bringing food and warmth and conquering is a kind of epitome of power, Charlie. And then again, I'd say, some women in some rooms, in some towns, in some cultures, the usefulness of what happened to Charlie later on can't be made small either. Sounds like his assumptions of power were a little off. Perhaps these assumptions of power and the cultural insistence on them as something real and eternal rather than manufactured and depraved should get a thorough looking at. I remember being told by pals, older brothers when I was 12, all the strange ins and outs of going steady. They were telling me that girls are bought. Gifts and rituals, lies, sweet nothings. I had my doubts, but they and they were confirmed and consolidated before and after these sweaty indoctrination sessions. But had one taken this really peculiar route to sex, one would definitely feel one had paid for it. I hope someone, something genuine, at some point changed my advisor's farmyard of cliches. So perhaps this power is an aphrodisiac to the powerless, the defeated wives of Kiev, the defeated women of suburban America and Hollywood. Yes, those hits can be landed, those ploys played. 
What do you end up with? Hard to tell. Then hove into my view more powerful gods of misrule, powerful because even the instinctively powerful were shaken by them, stopped short, breath caught, broody brandos, prancing jaggers. Does Charlie believe the, the allure was their riches, their status, the idea of them? They were pool boys or something deeper, more destructive in the Fedra sort of area. Who were these women with their Jasons and Hippolyti? Theseus was Eisner, the cuckold. In the late 80s, I auditioned for a film. The character was a rich Argentinian playboy. The process involved, as usual, a casting director, a young woman whose job was to select us and pass on to the director. So I passed, I was passed on, I passed that test, the woman's test. The director was a man who said, you're not the guy. Trust me, I felt no pain. I had read the script and when I saw the film, I was relieved again. I later ran into the casting director and we had drinks. We had a wonderful time. I tried to describe the power of Michael Jackson. I remember the frailest of titans. Did I and did she think he was sexy? I did, I do. As a heterosexual man finds another man sexy, I think, I think, I think it is his possession, being possessed. Then later I knew it was power, real power. This was a god of the dance. She did not find MJ sexy. He provided no shelter. He seemed self-destructive. He was thin. Uh-huh. So was she. She longed to be thinner as David Bowie. You see where we are going. The part in the movie, by the way, was played by a Charlie-type powerful guy. Today I listened to another Charlie Rose with Naomi Wolf, Rebecca Walker, Christopher Hitchens, and others YouTube did not name about then-current feminism. There was, again, this assumption that there is one room, one man, one woman. The commandment remains and is thought sexy. Let the man take over. Or what is left if the man does not take the initiative? It is not celibacy. Something else happens with some men and some women. Room optional. A world with a large number of fully realized women or as close to realized as a culture that values realization can get, not this one, could be a whole other universe. No more stripping off for Nazi conquerors or Nookie for Harvey. This chimera of power. One thread of comments on the Hitchens YouTube was about Hitchens' chivalry in holding back on these silly, irrational women. <laughs> Somewhat connected, freedom of worship. Quote today in the Washington Post, freedom of worship means freedom to do those things that you like to do in the privacy of your home or in your church or synagogue or your mosque or your temple, he said, he being Samuel Alito. But when you step outside into the public square, into the light of day, you had better behave yourself like a good secular citizen. That's the problem that we face, unquote, exactly. Separation of church and street. Sammy, how I love you. 
Of course, white Christians feel persecuted. What is a Christian without a persecution complex? It is innate to the cult. This paragraph, though, terrifying. Religious freedom amounts to the annihilation of anyone who does not adhere to their beliefs. No wonder Christianity is the religion of choice for fascists. That is a truly marvelous persecution. I am persecuted in the knowledge there are people out there who do not believe my fairy story. Please rid me of this persecution. You, do, you need a psychiatrist, chum, not a gavel. What a strange, eerie, and painful landscape this, quote, powerful man must inhabit. I empathize with him in the sense that the world is going off the rails. He thinks it is me. I think it is him. The only difference is the date of the beginning of our perception. He thinks it was the 1970s AD. I'd say, for argument's sake, my date is several thousand years earlier. I have no past golden age that we can reach or fathom with any certainty. It's all in front of us. It, if one does not, as he does not, he and his ilk trust the human being unencumbered with the fantasies of history and tradition. If he reads and believes no realist, hears no other story but the one he fixed as truth in his teens, he will only ever go backwards and his heart will still be full of the hatred with which he rules a court never meant on paper to be led. His cohort is five men and one woman. I won't do her a disservice, but that is not how the planet is divided. Neither five to one, nor six to three. 